Welcome back. It's a brand new episode of Pop Cannon. This is episode 69. Nice. Oh, nice. I don't know. We're, we're your hosts. <laughs> My name is Jordan. My name is Robert. And I am Joe. Today we are discussing the long-awaited Spider-Man No Way Home. You might have heard of it. It's a little indie flick. So Spider-Man No Way Home hit theaters uh, this past weekend. For us, it's been about 48 hours since my last viewing of it. Uh, Robert, it's been about 24 hours since your showing. Yep. yep. And uh, Joe, I know you've seen it twice. Good for you, yeah. Joe. So why don't you lead us off with your thoughts from someone who's seen it more than once? Mm-hmm. Spider-Man No Way Home was like my like little boy wish list came to life. Like something I never thought would actually happen. As a fan, it was the most fun I've had in a Marvel movie, probably since like Avengers Endgame, mm-hmm. in terms of just like fan excitement. I have like a couple nitpicks about it here and there, but overall, I think I was just like really blown away by what was accomplished. That's all I'll say for now. Uh, Yezzy <laughs> is the person who saw it most recently, but less frequently. <laughs> let me know what you think uh i think both of you guys after you had watched it had texted and said uh i'm just kind of still taking it in before <laughs> yeah. you said whether it was good or not <laughs> yeah. yeah and and like uh, upon credits rolling i do believe i agree with having to take a minute because like we cover a lot of ground in this movie dude and as i get further away from the viewing of it I've gone from saying it was really good to saying it was great. Um, Cause the more time specific moments stay in my head, I realize how many there were in this and it just, uh, I feel like far surpasses previous Spider-Man MCU installments and maybe surpasses previous Spider-Man uh, iterations, but <laughs> the respect that it pays to them even when it kind of is degrading them in a way. Um, but yeah, I think I think it did a, a really good job. And then Jordan's the last one to share his thoughts. So as you guys know, I haven't been the biggest fan of Tom Holland's Spider-Man and the way that they've treated him in his solo outings. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a great actor. I really like him as Spider-Man. But he hasn't done anything in those two films, Homecoming and Far From Home, that have truly blown me away until now. Mm -hmm. And I could confidently say, after having about two days of time between Mm -hmm. seeing this, that I think this might be my favorite live-action Spider-Man film. And I think that's mostly because of the fan service given. Mm -hmm. But... That fan service meant something, and it was done in a way that didn't feel forced. It didn't feel like, oh, yeah, this is stealing all of the momentum away from what we're currently doing just to get a just pop get in, in the theater. Yeah, yeah. I had a fantastic time, uh, despite that first act really dragging a little bit because it felt like I've seen it all within the trailers. But after that, (laughs) we did not stop after that. It's hard to even think about in what way you would break down the acts in this movie. Because there's, up until the bridge scene, 
it's like its own short film with friends that are just having problem getting into school, <laughs> you know? And then like the next third is batshit insanity. <laughs> <laughs> and then that last third is probably the most ambitious corporate crossover that's ever happened on film. <laughs> so like, I mean, <laughs> it's really fucking weird. Is it a corporate crossover? If you own all of them, I would say it's a corporate crossover because of Sony's rights. Uh, yeah, but it's a, it's still a Sony movie. Right, but it's also a Marvel Studios movie, which yeah. encapsulates the crossover. Because it's only <laughs> good because it's a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Because <laughs> Sony on their own would not have the deft hand to pull the thread through this. Yeah. They would not. It would fucking fall flat on its face. Yeah, I don't I think, think that right. they have the capability of it. It needed... <laughs> the MCU's touch and zhuzh to stand the way that it does. Yeah. But I will say this film really does feel like the third act yes. of a three part origin story for him. Yeah, it does. It That's really what I was does. Say, yeah. And, and so like recently I heard someone say that MCU Peter is built for long form storytelling and it's not, what I've been thinking of like, Oh, well this is just like part of his contract. This is just, he's only mm -hmm. on for three movies and then right. they're like, whatever, they're going to reboot it again. Like I'm waiting to see uncle Ben die again. Yeah. <laughs> and cause you know, you know, they're going to do it. Yeah. It's just a matter of when. So I'm watching the first two films like, Oh, well he's only got one more. He's still not the yeah, Peter. I want to see on screen. Yeah. You know, he's still not the Spider-Man I want. And I feel like we got it. Yeah. We got it in this movie. We got that emotional depth. He at least became that in this movie. He like stepped up to all of those plates that had been set up for him. Yeah. And actually delivered on all of those quintessential flagpole Spider-Man things. On Friday, I watched Far From Home before I went on Saturday to see this. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I've never seen this Peter get angry and like mm -hmm. i know that like that's like a big thing of peter parker for me is like he goes through all this shit and like he definitely gets like angsty and i've seen tom holland get like frustrated definitely like the end of far from home he does but i never really saw him get angry and then they just took him completely past his breaking point in this one it felt awful to watch. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, it was I uncomfortable. Got, got him angry. <laughs> and like, I don't know that the weight that we feel for him is there without having gone through those first two movies and yeah. having all of those kind of expectations set on him. And he's delivering on all of them and it's fine. But it's like once they we ratcheted it up here, it was like crazy to see how he put all of those things together and actually became Spider-Man. Yeah. That scene in like the high school lab felt important to me because it was him realizing that like he can do all these things as Peter Parker. Like he doesn't need the Stark tech. He doesn't need any of like the Avengers or anything like Peter Parker. Spider-Man can accomplish just as much with very little. Yeah. Yeah. And that's essentially what they did. They stripped all that away from him. Yeah. He has nothing. He has absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
Like, there's so much to get through because so much happens. Robert yeah. even said so much happens. So this yeah. conversation, I feel like, is just going to flow. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no structure. We're just bullshitting about this movie. Yeah. Just, just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, legitimately, it's crazy to me. Uh, the first what the fuck moment that I had was seeing Matt Murdock catch a brick. Yeah. yeah. All I could do is scream. Just his, just his uh, existence in the chair forced me to throw my hands up like I was on a roller coaster. And he had the glasses on. He caught the brick. And then the reason that he was able to catch the brick was because he's a really good lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Peter's Loved reaction it. in that moment is like so good of just like, because he's got his hand out too. Yeah. And he was going to catch it, but Matt got there first. <laughs> yeah. He's a really that. good lawyer. My my crowd audibly like cheered. <gasps> yeah. And I started it. <laughs> I started the cheer because yeah. I was just so happy. Like, even yeah. though we were promised that by Kevin Feige already, like a couple weeks ago or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw that leak, so I already knew it was there, but. Yeah. But like. You know, but you didn't obviously know. Like, until it appeared on screen in front of you during this viewing, it didn't mean anything. So, seeing him on screen meant everything to me. I love that they're keeping him. Mm. I love what they're doing with Hawkeye currently, and we'll talk about all that in another episode. But setting the stage here, early on, that was like the first ten minutes of the movie he shows up, and it's Mm -hmm. like fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was a weird little like candy pop of like, here you go. I say this knowing that like I'm very happy with everything we got after that point, but like there's still a part of me that would have wanted more of like Matt Murdock and like oh, maybe yeah. like a trial scene and everything. <sighs> but like just for the sake of like everything else that happens in this, I guess it's really just to be like, he's here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Shut up about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody pointed out online. The fun fact that it's John Favreau sitting next to him and like he played Foggy in the Ben Affleck movie. Oh shit! That's oh, right. I didn't yeah. even think about that. That's and cool. plus, John Favreau is just like a big Marvel nerd, so like yeah. he was probably just like a kid in a candy store there too. Yeah, but that's funny. He Happy was good in this movie. Yeah, Happy was he, probably the best he's been since <laughs> the Iron Man. Since movies. Iron Man, yeah, yeah. like. He really stole the show for for his scenes, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I I thought he was he was really good. I think they use him effectively all the time. And like the more that we've gotten to see him, the more they kind of like in the little bits that we get with him, kind of flesh him out a little bit more and a little bit more. No, yeah, I think he was great in this. I mm-hmm. I very much enjoyed all of the happy scenes, including the one that was not so happy with happy at the end. One of the things I was upset about was like his relationship with happy no longer existing. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that made me sad for Peter. <laughs> I really grew to like enjoy their back and forth, especially with rewatching homecoming and mm-hmm. uh, far from home. Like mm-hmm. I grew to really appreciate that relationship that they had. And for Peter to sacrifice that and give that up on top mm-hmm. of everything else. There's a lot. Good Lord. Yeah. yeah, good lord. It was like and his I uncle. Like, <laughs> yeah, I like that. That like continued after Endgame too, when like mm-hmm. Happy doesn't really have any more like obligation to like stay with Peter, but he does. Yeah, and you could say like, oh, it's just because of Aunt May or whatever. But 
I think, like, yeah, he genuinely does care about, about Peter. Peter too. Or he yeah. did. It's fun the way that the world forgets Peter Parker, the way that kind of rewrites the history in a way. That conversation with Happy really revealed to like clear it up that like they don't forget Spider-Man. So like right. the Avengers still worked with Spider-Man. They just don't know who he is. Yeah. Which is wild. Yeah. Spider-Man's still a thing. And I was also driven home with the uh, the Jameson like uh, news moment. Right. I do miss seeing Jonah as a character. And I hope that like in another movie he can maybe be more like involved in the story instead of like an ancillary <laughs> just figure. Uh, uh, an ancillary um, um, exposition machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I really liked I really like that he's a caricature in this oh, yeah. uh, rather than a character. I think that the people that he's um, lampooning, yeah. satirizing are the type of people that would also hate Spider-Man. So I think yeah. it's fair. <laughs> it's wild that like he's like less of like a damaging caricature than the people he's caricaturing. Like he's just, <laughs> just like I hate this one guy and they're like overthrow the government. It's like, "Oh." <laughs> I was happy with that ending of the film. I was so satisfied. I felt mm-hmm. like that's that's the way to end a Spider-Man movie. I thought he was going to say it to her. I thought he was going to say I love you to her. I really did. Like, okay. <laughs> even even for her, even, yeah, just for the the, the awkward reaction to play for yeah. the laugh. But they fucking didn't. They didn't. And I was like, wow. And then Peter goes into that apartment and he's all alone. And I was like, he, he might want to pick up a camera and start taking pic- pictures <laughs> for money because he's going to need it. You know what I mean? Like, they really set him in a place where he is now. Yeah. Adult. He needs to get his friggin' GED. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because oh. he didn't even finish high school. <sighs> yeah. I saw that. I, that was like, I was like, holy shit, dude. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts to even think about that Peter Parker doesn't have his Which fucking. <laughs> I guess makes sense because if you're grounding a character, mm-hmm. you need to like trap them. Yeah. And if they gra- like if Peter graduates high school, he could still make something of himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's going to be much harder now that he has to get a GED. It's it's a way to make that character scratch and claw mm-hmm. more, which I appreciate. And he had like two boxes of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I also think, too, with the whole MJ scenario is he will say I love you, but it's when she's going to like remember him. He's yeah. going to try to like get her to remember him and that is going to be a moment i don't I, I i didn't think that i thought that that was his way of just being like okay we're just gonna have a this is it because if he wanted to he could have continued for to now yeah to her. so i like, just think for now yeah. yeah at least for the next four years ned and mj are going to boston so they're right gone. So i'm gonna be there yeah i yeah. think they will come back in like maybe after this movie the next okay. movie but i'm interested to see if they introduce like more of like spider-man's supporting cast like yeah. whether we get like an mcu gwen stacy or mm-hmm. any of the like hundreds of people that have been in spider-man books over the years uh, besides mj who we've gotten and well we didn't get it in amazing even though we were about to but yeah. i've i was like i was thinking too does peter seek out 
or try to like research these people that didn't become villains in his universe <laughs> to just make sure like does he look up a norman osborne just to see if <laughs> there is one because <laughs> yeah. i mean now he knows all of the shit like he could he could <laughs> double check just to make sure that there's not an auto octavius rolling around somewhere <laughs> yeah but it's like it's weird to think that there would be like a norman osborne without an oscorp right right you know? unless he was like bought out by stark or something at some point yeah oh it's another it's another iron man villain instead stark never leaves stark no! never leaves <laughs> Or aim or whatever the hell. I think that this like this movie was the most Peter Parker, Peter Parker we've gotten, especially like the drive of that first act being like, I'm causing these yeah. problems for the yeah. people around me and I need to fix it for them. And that moment of like, wait, this isn't about me. And she's just like, shut up. It's, yeah. 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 <laughs> and then that decision at the very end is like, you know, he's not going to actually tell them because in Peter Parker's mind, they're better off without me. Yep. So yep. let them go. Without thinking like, I'm worse off without anyone. Yeah. Yeah. He'll make do because right. he has to, but they're better off without me. Yeah. Yeah. But he, I mean, may dying, <laughs> I yeah. think, is the factor there that he couldn't. He couldn't get past, and that's why he really decided to let them go. Right. Yeah. Um, because we didn't get Uncle Ben dying, and we don't even know no. if there ever was an Uncle Ben. We just know that he had an Aunt May. But yeah, I mean, her scene was crazy. Yeah, that was really emotional. Because the it, fake, the fake out is what really makes it so effective. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she got hit by that glider, and I was like, "How's that bitch standing up?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me. But uh, the fake out worked to a degree on me. But then I was like, no, there's no way she's making it out of this right now. Yeah. I was upset that he didn't try to do any first aid. I was like, just web, just web her up. Like, take her somewhere. Close it. Yeah. The emotion there was great. And drop her off somewhere. (laughs) But uh, I don't know. Uh, It was an emotional scene. Really effective. Friggin' Marissa Tomei was incredible in this movie. And now I think retroactively I'm going to go back and view all of her moments in the MCU completely differently, knowing where that character goes. Yeah, because she was just like so insistent in this on delivering that message to him and just really driving it home that we have we have to do for them because we can. And just like it was really heavy. And I just she was so good. She was so good. And like him taking her advice and him heeding what she was saying was actually like really impressive to me because he was able to put it into play like immediately, which is not something that normally happens. And especially in these movies, I thought it was cool that she worked for Feast. Yeah, it was a fun yeah. little video game plug. <laughs> I fucking really like that. I was Where's like, Feast oh, in the comics. I don't know. I think it's Probably. in the comics. Yeah. But it's just cool that like that's what she does you know what i mean like we find out what may does and it's volunteer down there is cool or run it i guess whatever she she does basically kind of runs it that's the impression that i got anyway which makes sense because she's absolutely the type of person to like Mm -hmm. go all the way in on like helping people 
and, and it, it makes sense that Peter would want to try. Yeah, it yep. makes sense that Peter would want to try to emulate that. And the way they like use that to thread Norman in as the main villain in the end, yeah, Dude, just fucking nuts. So, here's a question that I have for you guys mm. because I wasn't totally sure on it from my first viewing of it. But do you think that Norman was just gone the entire time, and he was just the goblin from the jump? No. no, I think that was legit after he smashes the mask up until mm-hmm. I think like walking in and seeing like Otto and like being exposed to all the stuff kind of just like re-triggered it, but also like the goblin's always there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was. Yeah, there's a moment he responds to a question or something. And as soon as he spoke, I was like, ah, yeah, yeah. Shit. <laughs> the, 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 the way they framed him in the shot yeah. composition yeah. changed the camera. I don't know if you guys noticed that it like dollied around him. Yeah. It looked really cool uh, and it was really effective. And I think they did that thing that they did in the Sam Raimi movie where he, as Norman Osborn is wearing this like fake upper set of teeth that look like perfect mm-hmm. and then when he's the goblin they use his like normal teeth that are like yeah his own teeth that's interesting so they're not perfect obviously but yeah i don't know i think that. they did that again so it just gives that little bit of oomph to the oh it's a different person now yeah and goblin was like way more terrifying than he ever was in the first raimi movie like yep. when they're fighting in the hallway and he's on top of him punching him and he's just taking it yeah. like that really like conveyed that like Goblin and Spider-Man are on the same strength level in a way that like I don't think I ever really felt in the first Spider-Man. It brings to question um, the serum that he takes the in the first movie, yeah. how that composition transitions into this universe and what that means biologically for him because things can change and things are a little bit different. It was more equivalent. It's closer to the super soldier serum than whatever they explained it as in his film. Like, and that's why he was kind of able to do all those things. Cause I just think that like the, the science of it would be interesting to try to like explain like those things aren't the same from there as they are here, but when they're here, they're this. And that's why you're reacting the way that you are to certain things. Yeah. I don't necessarily know if it was that. I, I just think they were able to lean into the brutality of that character way more now than they were in 2001. Yeah. Um, but tonally, these movies are totally different. Yeah. Um, and, and that's I, like, <laughs> it's one of my favorite things about almost all of those villains. I feel like, especially the two Raimi villains that are in it, yeah. not discrediting Sandman, but I don't, he wasn't on the same level of like no. over drama as they were because Otto, everything that he said was like uh, a line or like uh, a phrase of some kind. Like everything yeah. was like acting. He's portraying something or whatever. Like, but that's very much like how Otto ought to be written though. Like he's so, over the top. present and pretentious and over the top but yeah. like and then and then you have goblin acting like way more intense as well and i think that that was a way of like playing with the tone of that movie of those previous films into this and like how the the drama in those movies is different because 
the audience has a different expectation level for what stories are now. So back then you could get away with a cartoony, almost campy by comparison tone where when you place it into these movies, it comes across the way Otto came across, which was like, this guy is a <laughs> lot, dude. What's your name? Oh, Otto man. Octavius. They just start fucking <laughs> laughing. <laughs> so fucking funny. Yeah, but the tone from the Sam, Sam Raimi movies does carry over with Tobey Maguire a little bit, too, I think. And I love that about that because he felt like that Spider-Man still like definitely more so than Andrew did. Andrew didn't really feel like the same character that he brought in his movies. I was getting there. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) No, no, no. That's, that's good because my point is like Tobey Maguire felt like a continuation. Whereas Mm -hmm. Andrew Garfield felt more like he was given more. They Mm -hmm. like gave him a bigger piece of of meat to chew on and like really got to sink his teeth into this character and become Peter Parker again and see like what we could have gotten. Mm -hmm. It sounded like they actually looked at Andrew and they were like, have fun for once. (laughs) Dude, he was fantastic. And I loved him as Spider-Man. Like in his movies, I think he's, he's great. And he was like my favorite live action Spider-Man, I think Mm -hmm. for like a hot second when those (laughs) movies came out. But like he, both of them, both Mm -hmm. of them in this movie, like fucking incredible that we even got it first of all. But Andrew Garfield stood head and shoulders above Tobey Maguire for me in this movie. Performance wise, I think so. Toby came across as like a little weird. He seemed very flat. He always was kind of weird though. (laughs) It was kind of just like they told you to like him, so you did. I just felt like, how can he be as old as he is and still be that awkward? I felt like at some point it had to like, go, like somebody says something to him and I feel like there's a really long pause before he responds. And then he doesn't even say anything. He just goes like, and I was like, what the fuck is he doing? He gets the opportunity to be Spider-Man again. And this is what he's doing. What the fuck? Because well, he's he playing a Peter who's like over it. through it all. Yeah. yeah. Like. Yeah. Weird shit happens to him every fucking day for the past 30 years. So he's just like, yeah, this might as well happen. You're me, right? Okay, come on. What are we doing? (laughs) Do you need help? Did I bring my suit? (laughs) Well, sure, of course. So goofy. I've been taking this off in years. (laughs) I did like how they shared their significant other stories. Mm. And I liked that they gave Toby like the time to get through explaining what happened with him and MJ and like seeming like it was bad and then going like, Oh no, we worked it out. (laughs) And Andrew Garfield's like, Oh, well that's, that's awesome. (laughs) Great. You buried the lead on that one. (laughs) Yeah. Despite, despite the fan service, I still think both of them brought what they needed to bring to this role because Joe, like you said, Tobey Maguire brought that like old seasoned mm-hmm. Peter. And then we got kind of like this burned, closed off from the world Peter from Andrew Garfield. So like Tom Holland is looking at these two going like Seeing. they've been through it. They <laughs> know the whole conversation that they have about the Uncle Ben thing and then the mm-hmm. Gwen and 
losing May. It's like, yeah, what a movie and what a moment <laughs> that they were able to bring to this. Yeah, screen. it was like, cra- it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy that that um, so much care was given to what we have seen previously. You know, yeah, like they really didn't gloss over much of what those stories were like you so now like when you watch them if you watch if you do like a spider-man watch through oh i did them i did that wait oh god does that have to be included in an mcu watch through now no no i don't (laughs) personally i don't think so but if you're doing a spider-man watch through and you get like even including into the spider-verse to then get to this movie Mm. um you get so rewarded for your loyalty to having watched six other films like you get so rewarded for that and i think that's amazing it definitely felt like like an end game for spider-man like just like a celebration of like all the live action spider-men that have been Mm -hmm. in sony (laughs) and i had i had like been projecting previous to the film that like i hope that the andrew garfield if they were both to be in it the andrew garfield spider-man would sacrifice himself and then we'd get one more old man logan style spider-man movie with toby uh, but i don't think it's actually needed now because they kind of covered a lot of that ground in this and i Which think we're all right brings up the question why did they stab toby <laughs> i was thinking if that he was gonna be fine anyway what was the point of stabbing he, he heals said, real fast he said i've been stabbed a whole bunch of times <laughs> The most casual any person has ever discussed how many times they've been stabbed in the history of people discussing how many times they've been stabbed. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I get stabbed fucking. What is it? Tuesday. Yeah. And I'm just I over mean, here thinking, like, why didn't Goblin go for a kill shot? Why didn't he stab him in the throat? What if he what if he what shot if, me in the face? <laughs> that was that was a risk we were willing to take. I guess it is like a comment on like the strength of Spider-Man because like Tom takes a fucking two bullets to the shoulder and then he's fine an hour later. So, yeah. Well, I mean, also, he kind of stood on top of uh, Goblin and pounded the ever loving shit out of him. And Goblin just took it. Yeah. Didn't have a lot to show for all of this yeah. like puny little kids punching him in the face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back to Joe's point about like his power level, basically, like yeah. being different from the movies when he power bombed spider-man through the floor it didn't really make sense but i liked it (laughs) i was like what kind of goblin are we getting (laughs) he's a ground and pound goblin i've never seen this before how much does he weigh (laughs) but it was so cool to see how physically strong and intimidating that character was portrayed in this film it was so cool. We got like the purple hood mm-hmm. from the torn hoodie and it's the goblin armor under underneath, like all yeah. of that looked visually stunning because he was wearing his costume underneath his clothes, too. Um, <laughs> he learned from the best. <laughs> well, he wasn't wearing anything under the costume, so he had to keep it on. <laughs> Basically, I was th- like, I like that um, they like made goblin for this like out of the hobo clothes that he was wearing i thought that that was really fucking cool (laughs) yeah yeah so it is funny how cool he ends up looking versus that but now another (laughs) villain that we haven't mentioned yet who i think looks visually interesting is electro jamie Mm -hmm. fox is back yeah 
with a makeover. <laughs> with a makeover. Because um, when you pass through, <laughs> you get hot. <laughs> some things change. <laughs> you lose your lisp. <laughs> I did not. I will say I did not like the fact that they were just like, oh, yeah, he's different because he's just here now. And that's why he looks different. Mm-hmm. That felt like a lazy He excuse. did have yes. to rebuild his body because he was just pure energy when he got there. It's true. So he made himself look like, you know, you would fix some things, you know what I mean? I would fix some things. <laughs> Joe doesn't have to fix anything, but we would fix no, things. We would definitely fix things. Joe wouldn't have to fix anything. You're beautiful, baby. Anyway. I'd probably have a tail. <laughs> you would Be- add a tail? Is that what you just said? Yeah. I mean, if I can. <laughs> but... I guess, I don't know. I guess if I think about, like, he had to rebuild his body, but it's just like, why didn't he rebuild his body that way, like, a minute ago? He didn't know he could. <laughs> I don't know. I, All I, right. Look, Regardless. I, speaking as somebody who hated Electro in Amazing Spider-Man 2, I was fine with it. Yeah. I was much more <laughs> attached to Jamie Foxx in this movie than I was in that one. And he had some great moments. He had some awesome moments in this. He did. I agree. They they make you uh, you, they make you okay with it because yeah. you're just like, well, I mean, I really didn't like what he did the last time, <laughs> so <laughs> so I accept this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even though it doesn't make sense on its face, he's another guy who got to essentially like redeem himself, rebrand him, himself as that character. Yeah, uh, which I think is really cool. When that arc reactor first pops out of that box that that Happy has, I was like, oh, no, (laughs) because, you know, like you see it like as soon as it comes out, he's like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) that's the only thing that like I buy when he's like the power feels different here Mm because like when he's like first like just like in the woods, like sucking on an electric pole, like it's just electricity. How is it different? But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was weird it was very weird but like the i just the idea of electro with an arc reactor yeah like there's plenty to be done in the comic sphere <laughs> with that character and that idea i feel like you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah electro because, and doc ock like Raimi doc yeah. ock anyway like both of them with that technology is just like a really weird thing to comprehend yeah. yeah, because then Doc Ock says it again. He's yeah. like, the, the power of the sun in the palm of my hand. Like, literally, dude. Like, yeah. the fucking. <laughs> yeah. Like, we if, make cell if phones he only, out of this shit. If he only fucking knew <laughs> what Tony Stark did with that fucking thing. Imagine what Otto Octavius would do if given an infinity stone. Oh, shit. He'd be like, this is bullshit. This doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> the power of this stone in the palm of my hand. Dude, I really did like how they kept mentioning magic's real here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> because they didn't have, like, all of their shit had to be explained in some fucking cockamamie uh, Science way. way. Yeah. Like when, you know, uh, when... <laughs> Andrew Garfield's explaining how Max got his powers and he's like, oh, he fell into a vat of electric eels and <laughs> Tobey Maguire's just like, that'll do it. <laughs> lost my shit. Completely lost. I was the only person in the theater that laughed. Yeah. 
It's also interesting thinking about like the sci-fi of this world versus their worlds. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that like fabricator and all the like little arms putting stuff together versus like thinking of like Doc Ox, like very like clunky industrial looking sci-fi stuff. And then mm-hmm. everything in Andrew's universe was very like biochem kind of based. Mm-hmm. Like everything was like mixed and made in labs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this That's is like cool. a very like engineer world mm-hmm, that mm-hmm, they're in mm-hmm. in mcu but i like yeah. that oh my god there's like different science is in <laughs> yeah. the science fiction and yeah. part of that's just like based on like you know time for us like in the early 2000s like we weren't thinking mm-hmm. about like nanobots so no yeah. but as soon as the nanobots get onto the fucking um oh, tentacle. the doc the tentacles dude oh so fucking cool because they immediately take to every technology which i just love mm. and then it complete it just immediately overrides his system like instantly without any fucking <laughs> inconvenience whatsoever yeah love i thought that. that was a fantastic way to end their fight on that bridge because <laughs> i wasn't ready for it it no. just happened and i was Spider-Man like fucking hack that him. would make sense <laughs> yeah. i was like that would make sense Spider-Man accidentally hacked him. It was amazing. <laughs> and then Peter's cocky about it, which I also love. Yeah. Because yeah. like Joe said before, he didn't really get a chance to see like Peter angry. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like we had a lot of time to see like super sarcastic Spider-Man in the MCU. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we got, we kind of got that here. Well, he's, oh, he's been 100% vulnerable all of the time. And in that moment he knew he was in control. So he was like, what's up bro? and then to have like the story function to just take the the nano suit off the table then for the rest of the movie yeah was, because that big chunk was missing which yeah. i fucking thought was so funny that he had the whole thing and then like you see his tie yeah and then you could yeah. never like he couldn't take them back because of doc ock and he couldn't walk around with half a suit so yeah so he had to go back and get his suit cleaned and all that shit <laughs> it was so all those trailers showed us that fucking black suit and he just turned it inside out. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Dude, right? And I'm like, because I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm seeing the wires and Cheyenne leans over to me. She goes, that's inside out. And I was like, oh, come yeah. on. Oh, they no, they made a Marvel it, Legends figure of like, that? As soon as he's scrubbing it and he turns it, he goes, oh, that kind of works. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah. It's just, just to make toys, bro. Just yeah. to make toys. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, oh man, there was a specific moment that I was like, that needs to be a figure. Oh, happy with the CPAP. That was it. <laughs> that I said, I said, I said, <laughs> that needs to be a figure. I think happy with, the, happy with the CPAP needs to be a fucking Funko figure. <laughs> That's the chase version. Oh my god! Because it's the normal happy. one, and then CPAP happy. <laughs> CPAP happy. Like no, like a, like a full in the chair and everything with the <laughs> recline. Like a when movie. Cut moment. over to him. I fucking started laughing so hard. That was amazing. And he's like, "Say goodbye." Like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Be and it's 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 just funny to me specifically because um my grandfather used to have to have a CPAP machine on when he slept and. If I were in the same room as him, I always thought he was asleep when he was on it, and he like never was. <laughs> so the fact I can't that happy was you awake, would get any sleep if you had to wear those. <laughs> exactly, yeah. but the fact that that happened made me like huh, I fucking live that like so many times. 
We haven't talked about Doctor Strange at all yet. I like the fact that he was only in it for a little bit at the beginning mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then a little bit at the end because it was a fucking Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. And we don't need 17,000 MCU characters showing up. Yeah, I dude, I all told this movie was nothing what I in my head had imagined would be happening. You know what I mean? Like everything that happened was not where I thought it was going to be. So the fact that Dr. Strange was not around for the whole film was like a welcome surprise. So like when you get to him at the end, I was like, Oh shit, he's back. Okay. <laughs> cool. Clean, he's gonna fu- clean yeah. this the fuck up, bro. <laughs> Peter, uh, used physics and geometry yeah. in his fight with him. And I Dude. thought that was brilliant. That was a lot of he fun. He goes, yeah. He goes, it's just math. (laughs) That was great because it leans into part of the character that has been talked about, but not much seen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this, it's like, to me, that's the equivalent of like getting a Batman that does detective work, Yeah, you know, like Peter doing fucking math and science is kind of like part of the brand and we kind of gloss over that all of the time so that the fact that so many things happen in this where he's utilizing math and science and all of that shit is like it's fantastic it also leans into like the like rules of the universe where like magic's not Mm -hmm. like necessarily all just like bullshit here like even like from the first thor they said that like magic is just like science but a different name for it Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. like even they haven't said it in this iteration yet, but I think in Ultimate Marvel, like Wanda's magic is more about affecting probabilities than it's actually like about changing anything. Interesting. Which is just like, I don't know. It's fun to think about that. Like, yeah, on some level, there's rules to things, but also sometimes you just wave your hand and the circle appears in the air. <laughs> <laughs> He's got magic in his family, dude. <laughs> I had a hard time uh, buying that Ned would just be able to open up a portal with a sling ring. Uh, when Doctor hard. Strange is just like yeah. hanging out on like a mountaintop for for months doing this, and yeah, Ned could yeah. just do it. But I do appreciate the joke of he's got magic in his family, and then his <laughs> his grandmother makes a comment to him about it about the magic. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess it to me, it kind of just possibly because I don't know what they're going to do with the no memory of Spider-Man thing, um, because obviously he's not going to remember that that happened. But if they were to somehow regain his memory of Spider-Man or however they explain it, there's like a future for him possibly in the hero sphere as like at least working in or studying under Wong, you know, like. Because Doctor Strange even like does like a, you did that, and he was like, yeah, and he goes, huh. There's the hobgoblin thing hanging over him all mm-hmm. the time, which like which they mentioned it here, and yeah, I the face here. loved it. Yeah. I loved what they did with that. He walks right up to Peter. He's like, Peter, I promise I will never go crazy and try to murder you. Yeah, and totally fucking Andrew now. Garfield just tapping him on the shoulder like. Good on you, pal. <laughs> totally, totally, absolutely has to happen now. But like they did the thing where they like lingered on that green cape on his grandma's sewing machine, which is like a sort of a hobgoblin reference. There's mm-hmm. all this shit with like his best friends betraying him. 
And then I'm pretty <laughs> sure Hobgoblin does fuck around with magic in the comics too. So it'd be maybe. amazing. And I know that um oh Jacob yeah. Talon, he's yeah. mentioned like really wanting to do Hobgoblin before. <laughs> Which, like, I do want, like, I promise you Peter, but, like, he doesn't remember Peter anymore. So what's stopping him from going down that path now? Yeah. Because he wants to stop Spider-Man. Yeah. (laughs) Totally not about Peter. You know what I mean? Like, I love it. So now I'm curious what Spider-Man is going to cause that will set Ned on that path. Because it's got to be a Spider-Man thing. And then Peter's got to like winter soldier it and be like, <laughs> I'm with you to the end of the line. I'm, Ned. I'm with you till the end of the line. But <laughs> they, they start like fighting, but then accidentally do their handshake. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> um, another little moment that I loved in this movie, it was right at the beginning um, when he's back at school and he shows up and the teachers are there to greet him at the door. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, Hannibal Bress <laughs> saying how he's a Mysterio sympathizer. <laughs> like JB Smooth is like, don't listen to him. Don't listen yeah. to him. And he's just like, Mysterio was right. You're a murderer. Personally, for me, anything that JB Smooth is in becomes better because of his existence within it. Um, because he's just so fucking funny all of the time. So funny. Um, but the fact that they got Hannibal to come back. Yeah just for that quick scene and then just shit all over Spider-Man for it <laughs> is so on brand for Hannibal. <laughs> well, even when he's watching the videos or she, even when yeah. he's showing the videos, he's like, isn't this guy a war criminal yeah. of cap? <laughs> like he, he, he is firmly not the, on their side. Yeah. <laughs> he gives it's you a realistic so picture of a person having to live in that world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then Martin Starr, like, makes that display for him. The whole thing. And it's, like, photos of them together. Me and the students worked on this for you. Me and the student worked on this for you. (laughs) Man, you did it yourself. Well, we planned it. They planned it with me. (laughs) I'm glad they got to come back and have, like, a moment. They got, like, a scene, and it was fun. Yeah. I'm definitely regretting not seeing more growth from Flash. But, like, I like the kind of, like, ancillary arc that you see him going through he mm-hmm. wants mm-hmm. to be their friend legitimately like especially after he finds out he's spider-man but yeah. he's just like <laughs> even though he's an asshole like he doesn't really understand that like they don't like him <laughs> and like he's very like sincere when he's like oh man i'm sorry when he's leaving yeah and that's yeah, always yeah. like just like the fun thing with flash in the comics is like seeing him like eventually get to mesh with the group and like still be flash but like kind of get past that <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know that we're ever gonna see um tony revelori be agent venom or anything but well who knows maybe we should talk uh, about that <laughs> so uh, let's talk about credits. it dude fucking mid credit scene like so i just i just recently watched the first venom movie okay knowing the post credit of the second film which is where he sees Spider-Man swinging and licks the TV and says that he looks good to then get to this and have him trying to just understand (laughs) all of the shit in the MCU's universe, like the whole thing. Uh, And then to just go away (laughs) at the end. I, I, my personal opinion about that 
is because of the symbiote piece that's left behind. Mm -hmm. I think that it is one of the most brilliant crossover things that they've ever (laughs) agreed upon and accomplished in that scene because they used the end, the, the post credit from a previous, basically Sony only film. Like that's their own universe. Yeah. They, they allowed Marvel to get like a, trailer out of it essentially like a teaser (laughs) to then like honey dick the people that like venom into going to this movie in hopes that he might show up in full force to then get that sequence and then the possibility literally on the table of having venom in the mcu in the way that you know and appreciate him could not believe that they pulled that off because now Venom's comic book origins get retconned a little bit into the MCU's like to explain its existence there. So it's like it's always been an alien, but now it's literally an alien from another fucking universe. (laughs) Like it's literally an alien from another universe. And we know that and we could go see that alien if we fucking want to. Yeah. And I think that's brilliant. That is fair to have it be like the kind of Secret Wars thing where it's just like. It's just this thing that I found. Yeah. It's um, literally just left there. And I love that Peter has no idea. No idea. Yeah. No, like the only, was he around Tobey Maguire when he was talking about like, oh, I was, fought some alien black goo. Yeah. I don't think he was. Yeah. He I was think- up on the head and he overheard it because then okay. they go into the thing about the organic webs and that's when he jumps in because then he talks about Thanos immediately after Okay. Mm, Because he's like, oh, yeah, I fought aliens, but not like a, not like whatever you're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just curious to know, like, if he would remember and recall that comment and piece it together on what it is. No. Because you know he's finding that thing. It's finding. Dude. (laughs) Oh. And then that's even better because the symbiote already knows him and wanted to find him to begin with. Yeah. Oh. And so my personal opinion on that, I think it's really interesting because it presents uh, as if like Eddie and Venom like left and Mm -hmm. left that piece of the symbiote behind. And now it's trying to find Eddie. There's no Eddie. It's mad. It's confused. Well, let me just go to Spider-Man and then it bonds with him. And that's how we can get like angry symbiote and like evil symbiote feeling like it was it was left behind yeah so being upset about it yeah so, so like narratively that's where they could go oh, man. or it could find Dude. an eddie brock in the mcu right but, but like, is it tom hardy <laughs> do they go down that road they should they portray two completely different venoms in two different universes i want to know if he's still gonna voice it even if it's like not on Tom Hardy, yeah, he does that, the voice for Venom too. Yeah. yeah, that'd be very interesting if he did. Yeah, as long as he's not doing whatever accent he thinks he's doing for Eddie Brock. <laughs> That's true. It works for Venom. It doesn't work for Eddie. But but yeah, <laughs> it was a very funny scene. It just made me mad because yeah, they wrote that check and then they were like, just kidding. And there's no reason he should have come through. In the first place, yeah. Because he, he'd never even heard of Peter Parker or Spider-Man. Right. But. It's like, what the fuck is he doing there? 
But I heard a theory today. Okay. The symbiote in that post credit scene in Venom 2 mm-hmm. says things about being from different universes and having knowledge of these different worlds and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Oh, okay. So, what if the symbiote is the same symbiote from Spider-Man 3 somehow? Oh, well, I really hope they don't do that. But it had previous knowledge of who Spider-Man was. Right. They're like a they're like a hive mind across the multiverse. Yes. Okay. I mean, maybe that explains how he gets there. Yeah. I'm really glad that they didn't spoil his new suit at the end. Like, I'm glad that it wasn't in trailers or, like, wasn't on a Lego set and it wasn't, like, promoted as a Funko Pop or anything. Like, (laughs) we just got it. We got that moment. Because I mentioned back in our, like, episode about Spider-Man Far From Home, I was really upset that they spoiled that reveal of the red and black suit. Mm-hmm. the advanced mm-hmm. suit this was an oh shit moment for me yeah <laughs> seeing him in that bright blue and the red like swinging through new york city in the snow like what a picturesque scene yeah and also um speak you, you said that he was swinging through the city at the very beginning when he and mj are trying to escape the mobs um there's a fucking Rogers the musical uh marquee thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think especially because this is like a week after Far From Home, I think it's like simultaneous to Hawkeye, and I think they're really just gonna cram everything into like a very tight timeline until they catch up to where Endgame left them. Okay. So like I think like because we're still in 2023, you know, we the audience are in 20 going into 2022. Yeah. So I think everything up until 2023 is going to be, be like really together tight. I got you. until they can say it's real time again. The trailer for multiverse of madness. I mean, the post credit scene. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, that was, yeah, that was, it wasn't a post credit. It was just a trailer. <laughs> was just that a was a trailer. trailer. Yeah. It was, it was cool fun trailer, as fuck to see Wanda. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And to see for her. all the what if Doctor Strange stuff coming into yeah. the, the live Dude. action universe. Well, even when the when the sky fractures at the end <laughs> of the movie, Seeing like that, that big fucking purple rip that mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, that yeah. his the the circular of his spell caused the rip <laughs> in the fabric. Yep. Of yeah, I can't wait till that like comes out so I can pause and like look at all of them. Yeah, yeah. the only ones I like recognized were like Craven, Rhino, and Scorpion. It was okay. happening, and I realized it was happening, and I immediately was like, "This is too much. I can't pay attention to how many. <laughs> I'm going to try to look at everyone right now. There's no yeah. way. The only I one, need the to only pause one I, it. The only one I picked up 100 percent was Rhino. I saw everything Craven. else was like a blur. I saw Craven because <laughs> they focused on a few of them, yeah. but like. It wasn't enough for me to be like, because uh, it was too much of a silhouette to for me to to suss it out. But I definitely got Rhino because like fucking, I mean, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still, yeah, I appreciate this for the fact, like the meta reason that like it's not just a Spider-Verse movie. It's an ode to like all the live action Spider-Mans mm-hmm. that were. 
So I'm like, still I do just appreciate like it for that. struck by it happening. It's just like the fact that they did it. Yeah. You know, like the, that, the, the gif of, uh, of Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park, like you crazy son of a bitch. Yeah. You, you did it. <laughs> That's really what it felt like because I got, I got anti-spoilered on the movie. I saw yeah. a, a comic before I saw the film that was four panels and it had something about Spider-Man spoilers or whatever. And then then the fourth frame, it said Toby and Andrew aren't in it. So I went into the movie going like, oh, I mean, this is probably still going to be fucking pretty awesome. I wonder how they're going to get around all these villains without putting the two of them <laughs> in there. It just doesn't make any sense. And as the film's going on, I'm like there's kind of no way that they're not in this, right? Like it doesn't, <laughs> we're, we're building to a thing. Like we need them for this film now. And then they fucking showed up and I was like, how is the internet doing reverse spoilers? Holy shit. <laughs> I really like, I wonder, I wonder if Marvel like put out like fake reverse spoilers. But, like as soon as he, the portal opens and he turns around and you see those big eyes in the yeah, dark. I, I, I lost it. I, I it. screamed. Yeah. I was like, <gasps> Shane's like, what? And I was like, <laughs> it's Spider-Man, but it's not and the Spider-Man. And then as he thought. walked closer, she had the same reaction. Because yeah. we had just done the whole Spider-Man rewatch. Through, yeah. Yeah. We did one, two, and three. And then we did one and two. And then nice. we did one and two. Nice. And then we watched three. So it, awesome. it was a good old time. That's it was awesome. fun that they gave like the like scream moment to Andrew and then they turn around. They're like, and now we do the reverential bow to Toby <laughs> as he comes in very meekly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Not in costume. Yeah. <laughs> the youth pastor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. That was it. They wanted was everyone great. to know. Yeah. Oh, that's Toby McGuire. Yeah. No, he's, he's coming. He's as soon as you see, as soon as you see Andrew, the confirmation that Toby's coming is like, right. <gasps> yeah. yeah. And I'm cool with that. But I loved the way they introduced Andrew and made him like stick to the ceiling. Dude. And like that whole back and forth with MJ and Ned. Hilarious. He's like, like this is enough. This is enough. And they're like, it's not enough. <laughs> it's fucking cracking up. It's so wild to think of that after like the fucking like gut punch of the scene before it. Of yeah. like watching May die and Peter get shot yeah. and Happy gets arrested. And then it's just like, let's have some fun on the ceiling. <laughs> it literally makes you forget yeah. that all that heavy stuff happened. So it sets you up. That's what I mean. Like it's crafted so well. Yeah. They roller co they they set the emotional roller coaster like so fucking perfectly in this. Lo the lowest of lows so perfectly. to the highest of highs. Seeing like all those villains back and like even getting like the lizard and Sandman back as like ancillary villains a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if there's like deleted scenes or like more to stuff that they had planned for them. And they were like, all right, due to time or budgets or we couldn't bring them back. We got to cut it. Did you notice they like recycled footage from like old Spider-Man movies for them? I so thought weird. I noticed that. Yeah, like the Sandman when he turns back and then like and then when the lizard turns back too. And it's got yeah. that awkward shot of just like both Tom and Toby doing like the same thing, like you're cured, like talking to someone off screen you can't see because mm. they're not there. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if it was just a budget thing because they spent all the money on the people they couldn't CGI in. It's probably but, a COVID thing. 
That's probably true. You're right. Because I'm noticing, especially in just like in a lot of new stuff, there's a lot of um, shot reverse shot yeah. instead of over the shoulder. <laughs> mm. And I think it's because people literally aren't fucking there. Uh. <laughs> that does make more sense. You're right. I didn't even think about that. I'm sure each of them had had more things to do. But, you know, once you start getting into runtime, you're like. But which characters do we need to talk to? You know yeah. what I mean? And like, I feel like they really did a great job juggling all the villains, considering yeah. every Spider-Man movie, any time that it was ever given a m- multiple villains, it kind of like fumbled. Yeah. So and they, they knew that Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina were going to be their powerhouses. So like they were yeah. obviously going to always get the most weight. So And then yeah. Jamie Foxx even like yeah. getting like not the same level as Defoe, but like getting relatively that same amount of screen time. I think that was, that might've been Jamie Foxx also lobbying for it. (laughs) Lobbying for additional because he's like, no, we got to fix this. You guys, it was good to give that character like closure too, though. Mm-hmm. especially with mm-hmm. Andrew and like they had a very funny moment of like man I just thought you were going to be black <laughs> that was says, great and he says I'm sorry <laughs> that was yeah that was fucking funny because that's like I feel like that's like a realistic disappointment in yeah. revealing who Spider-Man is for certain people you know what I mean well, <laughs> like that when they even... see that he doesn't look like you you're yeah. like ah oh, damn dude I was really hoping <laughs> That he was kind of like me because he's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was half the motivation. And like when Bendis was making Miles, though, mm-hmm. it was like mm-hmm. representation. Like if you were yeah. writing Spider-Man, if Spider-Man was like thought up today, yeah. it wouldn't be some white kid. <laughs> no. no, no, it was like it just felt like a moment where they were like, Miles can exist in this and we're promise we're almost promising that that's a thing i mean they they basically did promise that in homecoming yeah so miles exists yeah i'm excited i i want him you're just like you're like waiting you're like is this gonna be it because i i went into that thinking this too like yeah okay is is miles gonna show up are we gonna get like donald glover as prowler yeah something like anything could have been anything dude my expectations for this movie weren't high going in. I was nervous I wasn't going to like it, but completely blew my expectations away. Couldn't be happier with what we got. I cannot wait to own this movie on Blu-ray and watch it again and again yeah. because we talked in our last episode about comfort films and this one's definitely going to be one for me. I think it's definitely worth seeing multiple times. Uh, I think that the fact that it did the box office that it did amid the pandemic and the additional variants thereof and whatnot, people just were like, fuck it, I'm going to see this goddamn Spider-Man movie. (laughs) Which, you know, just like really seals the character for me as like he really does bring people together you know <laughs> even when they maybe worse. shouldn't be together <laughs> for better or worse spider-man is a uniter you know <laughs> um but no i think it's a it's a great it's a great fucking movie that pays so much respect to the things that came before the things that everybody will sit in comment sections and argue about which one is better and this one was like fuck all of that they were all good that's basically what this said like they were all equally good and valid and this one 
brings them all together and puts a nice little bow on what we've gotten previously. And I mean, the reports are is that they've got a fourth one in the pipeline. Tom Holland definitely has said that he wants to take some fucking time off. (laughs) I think it might be well deserved for him if he decides to take a couple of years. But really, I hope he doesn't wait too long because we we need more of these like right away. Uh, (laughs) I like I loved the first two MCU Spider-Man movies. And I think my expectations were like a little weird going into this just because I was afraid it looked kind of goofy what they were mm-hmm. trying to do. And it ended up being pretty goofy, but it was really fun. Um, and every time I kind of like doubt Marvel, they come and slap me in the face. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was a ton of fun. I think just like, Yazzie said, they, paid respect to all the past Spider-Men while like really amplifying Tom Holland's Spider-Man and like giving him like the pat on the back, like go ahead kid. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be the first one to get a fourth. <laughs> um, I definitely had like my qualms with it. Like I already brought up. Um, I think that like final fight was a little dizzying and I would have liked to see like see more of them like working together and fighting instead of just like the motion blur of them flying around in the dark. It was very Um, dark. Yeah. The the darkness decision was a decision. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It was a Marvel decision. Yeah. 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 Um, As far as the new suit, I'm a little worried because it looked kind of like video gamey and I was really happy with like the black and red suit that I thought they had finally solved that like video gamey looking suit problem (laughs) of it actually looking real. And then they gave him like that shiny blue shit, but we haven't seen it standing still. So, and I'm sure it'll be polished up a lot more when we see it again next. Yeah, that um, character's always so MCU so Peter's excited. always looked video gamey to me. So, like, yeah, it's but still I just felt like, like whatever. <laughs> that like that suit at the end of Far From Home really did feel like they had solved that issue, and then they took it away. i do love the red and black suit a lot Um, it looks i'm excited as fuck to see this one his pajamas (laughs) yes yes yeah hopefully they let it look like more real and they stop painting over it i hope so yeah yeah like jordan said at the beginning of this this was kind of like you didn't realize until now but it was like a three movie origin story that mm-hmm. with this in mind, it'll be very interesting to go back and like revisit all yeah. of Tom's appearances and think about like where the character is now. Mm-hmm. And I am very excited to see like Peter now as an adult. And we're gonna like yeah. everything that I think you guys have like complained about in the past. Like Yezzy always wanted to just like I'm fucking sick of high school. I just want to see yeah. adult Peter. You're gonna yeah. get adult Peter. I'm excited. Jordan's gonna that. get miserable, Peter, <laughs> <laughs> suffering with every waking yes. fucking moment. Um, one of us. And I'm just one of us. <laughs> one of us. I'm still holding out hope that we'll get Death of Spider-Man, which, like, to that point, I would love to see the MCU Norman come around. Um, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. I think I'm most excited to see the cast of characters expand and see mm-hmm. what, like, yeah. I do want to see what happens with Ned and MJ, but I want to see Peter make more relationships and not be alone for a whole movie. Yeah. So, although yeah. like him being alone for a whole movie would be fucking pretty interesting. Would it? 
Yeah, like not having those people to rely on and really having to just kind of fight his own battles, which is like I think the thing that Jordan gets really upset about with MCU Spider-Man. Like if he spent a whole movie, if Spider-Man 4 is him in New York having to fight his ass off, I think will be like holy fucking shit that's the best spider-man movie that's ever existed <laughs> yeah i like i don't mind spider-man fighting on his own but i don't like seeing peter on his own i like seeing right. peter's interpersonal relationships i like seeing that like stress that like spider-man puts on his personal relationships mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just to add to that, like the fact that Spider-Man is like alone and fighting his ass off, but then contrast that to Peter being on his own work at a job with the everyday stresses of what happened with Spider-Man. But now he's got to like go to work and like do normal things while putting on this brave face and this act of Peter Parker. Everything's fine, whatever. But really, he's miserable. Yeah. He's broken. And I just think that's more interesting to me than what we've gotten so far. And I'm so excited for the future. I'm so excited to get Scorpion, maybe, eventually. Mm -hmm. Maybe JJ buys him that suit. Spider-Man versus Scorpion at the Daily Bugle. I would like to see him, like, interacting more with, like, some of the, like, lower level people like maybe some of the like we said the disney plus people maybe the young avengers because i think he fits in with like the others that they've already introduced it is interesting i just remembered that john watts is going to direct fantastic four so i would really like to see the peter and johnny friendship on screen so yeah i don't maybe we'll get spider-man and his amazing friends (laughs) oh i thought you were gonna say the fantastic bag man Fantastic Batman? Maybe. Who knows? (laughs) That's definitely something I'm interested in, but could we please just give him his own movie? Just one. For one? No. That's it. I just want a Spider-Man movie to be a Spider-Man movie. No, I think the future for me is all about what Eddie Brock left on that bar in Mexico for Spider-Man. Like, I... They've got to take that for like if Sony's put that on the table for them, they have to take it before it goes away. Uh, <laughs> if it's like, on the table, it's already been taken. Like they have a plan for it. I just, Oh my God, dude, I'm so fucking excited for the prospect of a legitimate MCU venom. But overall, I loved this movie. Mm-hmm. I think you guys did too. Yeah. I think it's fair to say we all loved it. Uh, but now is when we ask you guys what you thought. So we want to hear from you. Let us know what you thought about Spider-Man No Way Home. Tell us if you liked it, if you hated it, who's your favorite Spider-Man. Uh, let us let us know on social media. You could follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at PopCanon. Uh, we also have a Facebook group. As Robert mentioned before, we run polls like, who's your favorite Spider-Man? Uh, the PopCanon Collective. You can mm. find us, look it up, join the group. And you can subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever the Android one is, CastBox, like Radio Public. There's like a whole bunch of them that they put our our shit on. Uh, Anchor (laughs) even. So it's cool. You can follow us on whichever one of those you prefer. And you could rate. You could put ratings down. 
Spotify just added podcast rankings too. So give us some love on that shit. Um, and YouTube, you could watch our beautiful, stunning faces discuss all of your favorite or probably not so favorite, depending on who the fuck you are, I guess, movies and TV shows that uh, we do these like every two weeks ish. If you're interested in our other opinions uh, on these and many other things, you can follow us on our other individual social channels. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Joe for broke. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Yesball. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JL24FPS. So thank you very much for watching and or listening. We will see you on the very next episode. This was our last one of 2021, guys. Woo! 2022 is going to be huge, though. Dude. <laughs> huge year for movies. Huge year for TV. Huge years for Pop Cannon. Huge year for Pop Cannon. Can't wait. Going uh, so, so for Pop Cannon, my name is Jordan. I'm Robert. I'm Joe. This has been episode 69. Nice. nice. Oh, nice. Neat. <laughs> Thanks for watching. What's that mean? <laughs> it's a sex thing, Joe. A what? <laughs> <laughs>